Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work at joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, you sign up for the newsletter. You get all of my articles on the NHL and the Bruins sent directly to your inbox. Also, uh, after every game, I'll be doing write-ups uh, for the Boston Sports Journal with uh, a cavalcade of stars, guys like Greg Bedard, uh, Mike Giardi, good friends of mine, good, great colleagues. Uh, today, lucky enough on the Pucks with Hags podcast to have Boston Globes, Kevin Paul DuPont, and the Boston Herald's Steve Conroy. Before we get to the hockey, though, let's thank our sponsors really quick, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh CLNS exclusive wagering partner right now. The NFL season is is at, at mid uh midway, maybe a little more than midway. We know the Patriots are uh cooked uh like Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, but get in, bet against the Patriots, do whatever you want to do. Uh, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. FanDuel.com slash Boston uh, to, to kick off the uh, NFL season. Uh, we also got uh, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Delicious meals ready in two minutes uh, for the busy people out there like me that are coaching teams and all kinds of other craziness going on. So Factor Meals, head over there. Get some healthy, delicious food. Now, let's get to the business at hand. Kevin Paul DuPont, Steve Conroy. I guess, you know, with, with the defenseman coming back, now Forbord came back in that game against the Islanders last night with Charlie McAvoy coming back uh, from suspension uh, in the next game as well. Uh, I guess, you know, we even though it seems like there's still a spot for Mason Lowry in this team until Matt Grizzly comes back, I guess we start to ask the question, is he going to be here to stay? Have we seen enough that he deserves to stay? Are the things that he should be sent back down to Providence to work on when the numbers become uh, as such? Uh, I just want to get your temperature on Mason Lowry and where you think he stands now after a handful of games. Steve, why don't you kick us off? Well, what, what do we have? Six games left before Grizzly comes back? Yeah. Um, so give it the six games, see if he can learn, obviously he was facing a, you know, a, a pretty tough veteran team that, you know, lives off its four check last night. And, you know, he had, to, he had some hiccups last night and, he, you know, he's had a couple along the way here. He's also been very impressive in a lot of ways. Would I rather have him than Matt Grizzlick right now? No. Um, that, and that, it, that's what it comes down to. Right. Um, so I, I would give it another six, six games. You know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he went back, if he's still, you know, coughing the puck up here and there in dangerous areas. Uh, but if he, if he, you know, irons those, you know, you know, decision-making issues out, then, you know, then you have to really think about what you're going to do. Definitely. And and I think, you know, part of his game, he's always going to have some of those pinching at the wrong moments. Like, I think there's going to be definitely issues there. He's going to try to do too much with the puck in places where it, it it can hurt them. Like, I think there's a balance there where he's always going to have some risk to his game to create offense and to, and to make things happen. I just think that's, that's definitely going to be part of it, but it's interesting. The last couple of games, uh, he, he has a pinch against Dallas in the third period and he ends up sitting uh, for portions of the third period after that. And then the next game, as you said, a few hiccups against uh, a strong uh, Islanders forecheck that that feeds off of those kind of things. So, you know, are we starting to see maybe some after the adrenaline wore off after the first couple of games, some things that he does have to work on and may get sent down to the HL in the last couple? You know, we, we obviously are going to get a much bigger uh, cross section because Grizz is going to be out for a little while longer. But what have your impressions been of low rye both? Uh, good and bad dupes to this point. I suppose this is contrary for me, but I'm I'm all in on them. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I uh, it, yeah. There's there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be big hip, hiccups when you're one of six and not one of twelve. Yep. So it's kind of this conversation for me bridges to Patra. Uh, yep. You you can hide Patra. You can you you can minimize his mistakes. You can minimize his situations. All of that. And they've started to do that in, in Detroit. Um, Montgomery was saying they're going to back him off on some time. And so it is, his production hasn't been there. And again, this, is, this isn't to put a microscope on anybody. I'm just saying in, in the bigger picture, from what I've seen of size and talent, eagerness, you know, willing to kind of take the bit 
I, I get more of that feeling from Lori. Um, and I, and I would keep him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't preclude a trade to keep him. Um, I, I, I think he's, I think he's got it. And you know what, there's going to be some, some insufferable incidents, yep. but that's just what it is when you're on defense and you're getting it shoved down your throat, but with a fire hose, that's the position. Uh, but, uh, but what I've seen of him, he's got the reach, he's got the size, he's got the instinct. Unlike, <laughs> unlike a few of them back there, he's ready to shoot. Right. Yep. And yep. that's, and that's why you're, that's why you've come to the party. You know, you're here to dance or not. He he's letting it let it rip. So uh, I'm I'm really eager from what I've seen. I like him. Uh, and that said, he'll be on a bus to Providence by the time this podcast is over. <laughs> and and so you want so you want to send Potter back to Junior, but you want to keep this guy. <laughs> no, I I just don't think I I don't think the development time is going to be there for him. You know, uh, I'm I'm not. I'm not eager to send Patra back to junior. I, I that that I didn't say. I I'm just I just don't know if this is the right place for him right now. You know, uh, he he is in my mind, and again, to be proven wrong, he's the ultimate tweener, right? Can't go to the A. Yeah, isn't really ready for here. You see it in glimpses, and he he he's certainly you know co contrary to what. A number of people are telling me on Twitter, he's certainly not ready for a top six center position. Not. He's just not. Uh, he's they not scored ready two physically. power play goals. They What's that? Two power play, they scored two power play goals. Who drew those penalties? Yes, he did. No, I, I like it. No, he, I'm, I, he's got he's got talent. But he's not, he's not in a, it, again, he's, in my MI, he's not in a top six role. And where's his development going to be? You know, that's what they want. That's where they're projecting him. You've, you've almost got no choice with Lori but to put him in in a heavy minutes position, just by nature of the position. He's going to get exposed. And I, I would say, I think if you leave Patra in a top six position in the middle, he'll get exposed too. It's a little easier to live with with a forward. Well, I yeah. I, I think with Patra, there's going to be – I think I think everybody knew there was going to be peaks and valleys, uh, you know, as a 19-year-old kid trying to make it in the NHL. There's no question about it. But I, I think he's also going to be, for long stretches, better than anything that they have as far as an option goes for wherever they're yep. putting him. And that's why he's on the team. And, and to, to Steve's point, like, yes, he's had no points the last two games, just one shot on net, and definitely been a little more muted than he was uh, earlier when he had some high points, no question about it, but he's still, you still notice him when he's out there, he's still doing things, uh, you know, as far as puck possession, making plays like drawing penalties with his speed, like he did, uh, last night. Uh, there's going to be times where he's going to be overwhelmed physically. No question about it. There's going to be time times where it looks like a 19 year old kid in a men's league. Um, and I think that's just, you know, part of it with him, but, but Bergeron, when he started at 18, he was also a third line role, right? And he was on the wing. He wasn't even playing center. And they kind right. of, and that was good for his development. Yeah. I just think, it, it, I think this this stint in doing what he's going to do with the Bruins at the NHL level is going to do more for his development long term than going back and dominating the OHL where he had ninety five points last year too. You know, I don't really think that was going to do a ton for him to just go there and tool on kids in the uh, Ontario League uh, for another. And that's now, that's the difference between him and Lori, right? I think Lori can be can benefit from some time in the A, whereas uh, Potter can't go there. Um, I'm not saying he has to go back to the A. I, I'm saying you've got six games here. Let's see how 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 much of a quick study he is. He may be a quick study. I remember going down to Providence and seeing Brandon Carlo play down there at the end of his junior season, and I said to myself. This, we're not going to see this kid for another two years. It shows yeah. up at training camp the next year, makes the team, boom. Sometimes guys guys pick it up quickly. They do. Yeah. And and sometimes the situation, like the the way the C's part for them to, you know, to make the team too. Like, like we're not going to kid ourselves with Potter. He wouldn't be on this team if uh, Krejci and Bergeron hadn't retired. So, like, the circumstances, you know, open up those situations too. But he, he definitely, Carlo, 
uh, was in the right place, the right time, and sort of ready because he had the size and the strength already at, at his young age. And and that's and Dupes um, referenced this. That's at the end of the day, I think, is why he ends up sticking around. There's two reasons. He does get his shots through. He had three shots on net, even though he had some hiccups last night. I think it was six shot attempts. Like, and he was getting good attempts at the net. He gets pucks through. He creates offense by getting shots through. Um, and the other part is he's six four two ten. And that is not, Matt Grizzlick, uh, as much as good as yeah. he is positionally, as good as he is with his stick, as good as he is as a smart player that kills plays ahead of getting into the defensive zone. When push comes to shove in the playoffs and where the battles get nasty around the net, you're a liability when you're five foot nine, 175, 180 pounds. You just are. And if you can find a player that can move the puck uh, just as well, skate just as well, and, and we'll need to catch up with some of the decision-making, but is way bigger and stouter around the net, uh, you, you know, I think that's a no-brainer choice at some point during the year, whether it's, at the, you know, when he comes back healthy um, or, you know, when when they find a willing trade partner. But, uh, you know, it's it's almost unfortunate for Grizz that this injury happened to open the door because I think once it opened the door and Lowry came in, it's going to be hard to push him back out again. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Two things I'll add here. Back to Potra for a second. He's also, we, we, we've not noted here, uh, very poor in the face-off circle. So he's yeah. going to have to improve that too. Yep. That's Struggled. a strength issue. Now, what kind of what's kind of framing both of these kids and, and plays to them both saying here is 11-1-1, one, one, right? right? Yeah. We're not even at Thanksgiving and they're in the playoffs. So <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can goof around all they want with these kids if the money works, right? Uh, but 11, one and one, it's, this is a great situation. Now you can roll these kids out and if they look goofy one night, so what sit them out for the third cinema, you know, you know, mask over them somehow. Well, and how much of this becomes also, and I always wonder this when it's the drafted and developed prospects of the Boston Bruins, how much of this becomes the Bruins being able to puff their chests a little bit, uh, about, guys that they hit on in the second round when they've been much maligned with their draft and development system and their talent pipeline and what they've done recently, that now they're starting to churn out legit talent that can be, you know, quasi impact players and certainly can play big roles on the team. Uh, you know, how much of it is uh, kind of pushing them out there and to say, look, we do have, uh, you know, prospects and we do have a ton of talent in this system and kind of pumping up their own uh, draft and development system. Uh, Steve, what do you think? Yeah, it, it also points to uh, the good karma that that you know going for it brings. You know, yeah. Laura, yeah. Laura in the second round, uh, Patra in the second round, both years when they didn't have first round draft picks because they they dished it to get it get another piece. Um, you know, they they had picks. You know, a lot a lot of players taken before David Pasternak, and I know that's before Don Sweeney you know took over the you know the GM role, but I mean they. They've made some good picks and they've missed on a couple. You know, I still don't know what would have happened uh, for Jack Stadnika if not for for COVID. You know, his first year in Providence, he hit all the benchmarks of of being a, a really good prospect. And then, you know, they shut down before the AHL playoffs, and you know, they played twenty something games the next season, and and he never recovered. Uh, yep. Would he ever recover? Who knows? He's a skinny kid. He he just can't. You know seem to keep weight on. Um, so that was always going to be a challenge for him. Um, but yeah, yeah. You know, you know, good for them. They've been taking a beating since, since 2015 on the drafting. So, you know, they've, they've hit a couple and they, uh, I don't blame them for taking a victory lap. Dupes, you didn't throw any haymakers at him for that 2015 draft, right? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, and it's easy to go back and Sinitian's now playing in Germany or wherever he is. <laughs> Uh, God bless him. Sweet yeah, kid. The, the wild wings, I think is the name of the team. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, sort of hand in hand with this, with this discussion, which I agree with, you know, they are that they, this, this is giving them sort of a, a, a platform to crow on a little bit is also how uh, I was thinking this the other night, they've, they've brought Heinen back and they brought him back on a PTO and Sweeney is always careful. And every, every time they trade one of these guys, this is the hand in hand with the draft picks. Whenever they trade one of these guys, going out the door, they're all thanked for their contributions, like like they've all just won the cup, right? Yeah. 
they peddled in that. We, we want to thank Danton for all his contributions. I know some of that is boilerplate, but they do, they do make a point of saying it. And they bring back Heinen. You know, Heinen, I don't think, is going to be the difference of them winning the cup or not. But they left the door open. Good feelings. He felt good about coming back here. Uh, enhanced a bit because he had uh, Monty as his coach down in Denver. All yep. of that. But I think I think politically, they're smarter than ever. Uh, and, and, and Sweeney should get credit for that. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, they... they they should flex a little bit about, you know, yeah. hitting some of these players and Beecher too, you know, they have three players that they drafted um, when they, uh, over the summer, the second year in a row, they were dead last ranked by the athletic as far as, uh, you know, talent and development goes. And they didn't have a, a prospect in their prospect gurus top 150 in the entire world under what, 25 years old or whatever. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, now that's that sort of narrative is starting to change because they're, they've churned out, uh, a few players that are helping them out. All right, everybody. We're smack dab in the middle of the NFL season. You know what that means? That means more time for you to get involved with FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right. Uh, the NFL season is in full swing. Even the NHL season is in full swing as well. So you should be getting uh, your wallets out and you should be getting involved with the excitement that is FanDuel Sportsbook. Score, score early in this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150, bucks, people if your team wins so if you have a good feeling and you know um let's say you you're betting uh, all your money on the team that's playing the patriots because you think the other team's going to win and the patriots are going to lose that's been a smart bet all season you do that you get 150 bucks from uh from fanduel sportsbook how do you like that if you've been thinking about joining fanduel there's no better time to get in the action than right now the app is extremely easy to use it's a wide range of betting options that include spreads player props over unders so much more the app is great uh it's it's very easy to use um so visit fanduel.com boston and kick off the nfl season and do it right right now with FanDuel Sportsbook because they got your back and they're going to give you 150 bucks in bonus bets if you win that $5 bet. Mass 21 and plus present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support play it smart from the start gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234 switching gears a little bit uh charlie mcavoy is going to come back this weekend from a four-game suspension that he uh, appealed with gary bettman uh, i always think that's interesting when they try to appeal to the commissioner who is 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 loath to rule against his uh player safety department and George Paros. Like it's kind of a kangaroo court, uh, the entire thing. Um, my question, and I asked him this actually uh when he was talking yesterday, is do we is there any concern whatsoever that a four-game suspension for him is going to curtail curb in any way the physicality that he needs to play with, has always played with? Um, and it's going to have him thinking a little bit and inside his own head a little bit about, you know, throwing hits, playing physical, you know, because it was a substantial suspension four games um, that, you know, something bigger could be coming punishment wise if he, you know, uh, has another uh, bad decision or, you know, something goes sideways on him. Dupes, what do you think? Well, by definition, the risk is there because if he makes another similar hit, which I don't think was intentionally headhunting a guy. Uh, I think Steve, I think you wrote it was a brain fart, and I I would agree with that. Uh, what what? So he he's he's inherently at risk because the next one will be six or seven games if if that happens to him again. But I, you know I've watched his whole career here. I don't I you know I, by no means is he a headhunter. No, uh, I wish he he did more of the of the of the big hits that he can make. But I know there's a risk in that too. He's, he can pop a shoulder doing that, or he can mess up a hip or something. But uh, that does send a charge through the team when he goes out there and, 
and light someone up. And with his size and speed, he could do it more regularly. So I would hope not. Uh, you, you know, I, 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 if, if he was wired a different way, I'd be more um, concerned or have some angst about it. But I, I, I think it's always a risk, but I don't see it's a big one with him. No. And, you know, the only concern I guess about him is knowing him a little bit that I think he does, you know, he could get lost in his own head a little bit if he starts thinking about it too much. I think he's a very reactive player most of the time. He's at his best where he's just going and not really thinking about what he's doing as much. And if he starts, you know, thinking in his head about it too many, you know, too much when he's getting into these situations, it could be problematic. But I, I, to your point, He's never been a guy that targets the head. He's always a shoulder, you know, into your chest, shoulder into a shoulder, big hit, big clean hit. Right. And a guy right. change momentum in games. He picks pretty good spots uh, to do that, even if he could do it a little bit more. Just uh, dupes, you think in any way, I mean, Steve, in any way this affects uh, McAvoy, this four-game suspension? Well, I would hope not, but I, you know, in in answering your question yesterday, he did say, "Well, yeah, I, you do kind of think about it a little bit," but then he quickly quickly said, "That's not how I play the game." And yeah, you know, and but he, he does. that that tells you he's thinking about it a little bit. Sure, you know? he definitely has been. Absolutely. I mean, you, the the tough part of this whole suspension was the the three games he played before the suspension were some of the best games I've seen ever seen him play. Yeah, uh, it, it, including that game, you know, when he tied up the game, he, he had just tied up the game, and it was, you know, I I, I think he had a, a a pretty good argument for lopping a game off of that, just because I, I look at the other four game suspension this year to to Rasmus Anderson, they're both bad hits, you know, and the end result is the same for the for for the recipient of the hit, so you know, be that as may. Rasmus Anderson was at the the waning seconds of a game that his team was going to lose, and he and he took a run at a guy. Right. This was McAvoy's hit was in the middle, you know, the heat of the action. You know, they're, they're flying around. They just tied the game. They're 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 riding some momentum, and he want he sees the guy, you know, to to hit him, and he's just too late and too high. Uh, but be that as may. He's he's got to play his game. He's got to play his physical game for him to be the guy that he is and the guy that he can be. Uh, piggybacking on uh, McAvoy a little bit, just you know, the, the, they went three and one without him. They played very well. Obviously, the defenseman. I thought all the defensemen came up and played pretty well. Lowry, uh, Weatherspoon, and Mitchell, you know, had decent moments. Uh, Weatherspoon made some mistakes too, but uh, like I actually noticed him more in these four games than I did at any point. Uh, during the training camp and in, in preseason, but you know, with, with those with McAvoy out, a lot of the focus obviously goes on to Hampus Lindholm, and he has to carry more of the load minutes-wise, situationally. Um, but I still, and I thought this might be a chance for him to really step, you know, find his best game uh, as he did last year when McAvoy was out at the beginning of the year. I really don't think that happened. Um, and just wondering what you guys are seeing with Hampus Lindholm. Cause I see a guy that's not as assertive as he was last year. I don't think he's skating as well as he did last year. He's taken a lot of penalties, which, you know, at points tells me he's kind of, you know, sometimes behind the play. And I, I just don't see the same player that I saw at his best moments last year um, to start this year. And I wonder if this is any kind of carryover uh, from having a tough, uh, tough playoff at the end of last year. Dupes, what do you think? And hurt a little bit at the end of last year. Right. Yep. So, um, you know, not what he was, but he's still, I mean, he's got big minutes. I, I, I yep. without having the stats in front of me, he's got to be leading in TOI, right? Yep. Um, and, um, I, I, I think, uh, lack of a better expression here, I think he'll come back on register when Charlie gets in the full swing of things. I mean, he has, he, he did have when Charlie was out with the shoulder at the start of last year. He certainly was more of an offensive force yep. uh, and some of that too plays to, uh, you know, a comfort comfortability factor with having Kretschy and Bergeron out there True. every other shift. Yep. Uh, so if you're backing up those two guys, you do play a different game. Uh, so he, uh, my criticism at the moment of him isn't, uh, assertiveness or minutes or ability or, you know, willingness to work, all of that. It, it's just, I think he's got to come back onto a, 
a different game. And I think that's going to happen soon. Steve. Yeah. I, I just think his decision-making is a little bit off. You know, he's, he's not getting the puck out of the zone when he can, when, when, you know, when there's an easy, easy play, he doesn't make it. Um, so, you know, you, you think he'll he'll snap out of it at some point here. And it's like he's not killing them or anything like right. that. He's just not, you know. Right. I mean, he was an explosive player. He I, he, he got my Norris vote last last year. I, I yeah. mean, you can argue with it, but I have had no problem, no qualms, you know, voting for him for the Norris. But what what he did in the first two months of the season, especially. Yep. Um, but he's not. He hasn't been the same guy. He just hasn't been. No, and he was on my Norris radar. I don't think I ended up, he ended up in my top five, but he was absolutely the first half of the year. I remember putting him down as one of my, you know, Norris favorites or guys to watch for because of the way he played when McAvoy was out and the way he, you know, in his first full season with the Bruins had really like flourished in Jim Montgomery's system. So, you know, I, I haven't seen that either. And I, this, this is why I wonder if it was a carryover from last year because he was one of the defensemen that really did not react well to the Florida forecheck last year. And, you know, some of that was obviously injury and some of that was just, you know, he was not, he was under fire the entire time. And he was, you know, he looked like he was being rushed with everything he did. And I see an element of that now where he just looks like he's not up to the speed of what's coming at him uh, as far as his decision-making goes. And, you know, certainly I think some of that to Doof's point is also, you know, playing a little more tentatively because you're not sure of what's happening in front of you. You don't have the security blankets like you did with Krejci and Bergeron um, as far as puck possession, as far as, you know, covering you on defense, if you, you know, step up and and take a risk, all of that stuff. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see if he can find his best game uh, moving forward. Um, I, I wrote I tweeted about this last night. It was very apparent, obviously last night with Coyle getting a hat trick. Um, They've Jim Montgomery has found something with Charlie Coyle and James Van Riemsdyk and Trent Frederick skating together. Uh, no question about it. Great chemistry. I did not know James Van Riemsdyk was as good a passer and playmaker as he's been with the Bruins, not just last night when he had a couple of assists, but consistently he shows really good vision in being able to set up his teammates when they're kind of playing the three on three game uh, down by the net. Um I feel like this is a line that you kind of have to keep together, whether it's a third, you know, line checking line or, you know, whatever they're going to decide to do ultimately and figure out how all the other pieces work around, uh, around it. But, you know, what have you thought Steve of this line and um, do you have to keep it together if you're Jim Montgomery based on what we've seen? Um, I like the line a lot. The challenge of keeping it together is how is Potra going on any given night? Where does he fit? Where can he help you? Where, where do you have to shield him? And sometimes that, you know, sometimes you need to break up certain lines that you want to keep together. You know, yeah. and, I, and I think it was Montgomery a little tough has, watching him with JD and Denton Heinen last night, even though Montgomery was I thought they were okay. I th- yeah. I thought they were okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I really did. Um, so there's a little bit of that element. And, you know, give Montgomery credit. He's really, you know, I know it frustrates a lot of people that, you know, he hasn't kept lines together, but, you know, he's, he's pushed all the right buttons so far, um, you know, and I'm not sure if the, if uh, the line of Martian Zaka and Pasternak is ever going to work together. No, uh, it, it's, it seems a little disjointed, but yet they get on the board, you know, they, they figure figure out a way to get on the board. Um but I think that's part of the problem of, of keeping any one line together is you've got a 19-year-old kid that, that you need to produce for you, and it's just finding the right spots spot for him on a, a, a nightly basis. Yeah, especially when you've got some injuries, right, and you're missing one of the guys, yeah. Morgan Geeky, that has played really well um, already this season with Patra. They seem like a good duo when uh, they're together mm-hmm. and like they work well together. Um, Geeky but, can take some face-offs. Yeah, 100%. Um, but it, just what you've, what you've, you've seen dupes when you've seen Coyle and Frederick and, uh, and JBR together and you, what do you think makes them so effective? Well, I think it could play, I think it could, uh, yeah, and again, I think all this is pretty much subject to change, 
but if it if if it's going to evolve, I would think it's it, it's the right chemistry is there because uh, Charlie, as we've seen, he's most effective on holding it in holding it in zone, not being net front, working working around uh, the perimeter with it, and and you know cycling and all of that. JVR's best game is right at the net, right around the net. Excellent, excellent hand. Among, among the best uh, tight in hands in the league. Uh, and that's been for a while. He's been on some bad teams. That hasn't helped his production. But I think I think that's that's the key to that line. Those two in playing to their strengths is you're not going to see Charlie. I'd, I'd like to see Charlie around the net more, but you know what? he's he, he's a whole lot of games into his career now that's worked for him so i think i think that's the chemistry there what's happening here though in that discussion of finding the right place for the 19 year old is they also don't get to play around with frederick can be a center heinen yep. can be a center uh are, are they are, are they centers i don't know but they've proven in their undergrad if you will that they can handle that uh, they're not getting that opportunity because of the geeky formula, uh, the Beecher and all of that. So, you know, may, maybe uh, Fred, Fred, you know, Freddie goes to some different places here. I don't know if center's one of them. Both of them, Heinen and Frederick, I think, can toggle back to just about anywhere they want. And that that's that's definitely a strength. So I don't know. I don't know if, if that's the right mix. I will say that, Going into the season, I think high on our charts was what's this what's this team going to be with Zaka slash Coil as the one two centers, and so far pretty good, you know. And you you never know you never know till you give those guys the opportunity, see if they can grow into it. I think right now Charlie's growing into it a little better than Zaka, but I'm happy with both of them. Yeah, and you, you again, you can't really argue with eleven, one, and one, right? Like, it, right? They're 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 doing enough to win, and and it's the formula we thought it was going to be, and even you know, uh, defense and goaltending. But even last night, uh, Montgomery saying after the game, he thought that was their best offensive game of the year, or one of them, and you know, they end up with five goals. They're able to pull away a little bit in third period. They don't have to white knuckle it all the way to the final buzzer. Uh, which is, I think, a very good thing for them too, mentally and physically, because I think if they're playing three to two games where they're just holding on for dear life in the third period every single night, that's going to be a hard way to exist and win and and you know keep your energy and keep physically and mentally into it for the entire year. I feel like that there's a lot more of a chance for burnout if they have to win like that all the time, and there's a ton of pressure on their defense and goaltending. Do have factor meals uh, to help us out. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a, a quick meal. Uh, they fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh, never frozen. Meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, they have calorie-conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, there's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's 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 a great deal. Um, so if you wanna get Factor Meals, uh, go to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use the code hags50 to get 50% off of your fir first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I, I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to, to make meal kits, especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to factor meals, it gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval. Uh, but that brings us to actually the, you know, one of the biggest topics that I think people are talking about right now and discussing, and you know, the hot takes are flying everywhere about the Bruins goaltending situation. Um, yeah, I think Felger already has Linus Elmark traded to Edmonton for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, uh, I, I just, uh, my own personal feeling, uh, I, I was an advocate of trading Elmark, uh, this, the last summer, if they could find the right deal for him, if they could get good value, especially when they had so many unknowns at center and they weren't sure if 
things were going to work out for them with the retirements of Krejci and Bergeron. I am not an advocate of trading Linus Elmark in season right now. I think they are so dependent on goaltending to be successful this team right now. And they need a number one goalie, kind of the interchangeable number ones that you have between Swayman and Allmark right now in net every single night in order to have success, in order to win. That's just the, you know, the recipe that's baked in for this team this year is the defense and goaltending with the goaltending being stellar. Uh, They're once again leading NHL in all categories. Looks like they're on route for another Jennings trophy, uh, Swayman and Allmark. Your thoughts, uh, dupes, on uh, would you entertain trading Allmark? What would it have to be? Would it be for a center? Would it be you know, would a, a first-round pick and a prospect and re- recouping some of the future assets while getting some salary cap relief? Would that be more attractive? Is there any circumstance where you trade either one of these goalies right now, knowing that Brandon Bussey's been pretty good in Providence and that Swayman, uh, to start this year, has played like a number one goaltender and looks like he's taken his game uh, to another level. I know this is all part of the equation. Where do you come out on all this? Where I come out is that I'd be far more engaged, as you, as you alluded to up earlier here, I'd be far more engaged in this discussion if we were having this podcast in in May, June, or July. Yep. Uh, but, you know, in, in the thick of 11-1-1, where you can <laughs> you could send either of these guys out in a blindfold right now, and and they they'd turn in a good performance. I, I've just seen too many times the goaltending goes sideways for any number of reasons: lack of confidence, injury, uh, you know, the the whole porridge of that. This is working. Why screw with it? Uh, so, uh, you know, the most intriguing goaltending swap to me right now would be Bussy. If you could go out and get somebody who's really desperate, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Bussy, no problem. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going to move uh, one of these two guys, you've got the most elite goaltending in the league. If it isn't a name like Dreisaitl, which I, I could never believe would happen, right? No. Then, then, the, the, then the discussion is pointless. The trade pieces at the moment, by my eye, aren't the goaltenders. It's Grizzlick and it's uh, DeBrusque, potentially. DeBrusque, potentially. And as I, as I hate to say this, because I like him so much as a person and a player, Carlo, those are their three most tradable pieces in my mind for, for something of value, right? I mean, you can make a million trades off, you know, the the, the Arizona approach. They, they trade guys every 15 minutes. Every name I see, I've never even heard of these guys, right? They just make trades for trade. If, you, if you're making substantive trades right now and so hard when you're 11, one and one, those would be the three guys I'd be identifying. I mean, I, I appreciate, uh, I think it was Butcher Grass that threw out the the crazy tweet that initially got the dry sidle thing started because he had a wacky seven player trade or whatever it was where dry sidles coming to Boston, Olmark and I think Grizzlick and uh, uh, Matt Patra and Fabian Lysel and all these other players are going out to Edmonton. It was this craziness that he uh, threw out in Twitter that got, I think people hopped up on, on uh, rekindling the trade discussion and rumors between Edmonton and the Bruins and obviously Edmonton needs a goalie they need help right now and they're desperate they're in the middle of their you know all in trying to win a Stanley Cup for McDavid like frenzy so they're going to be desperate to do something Uh, but is there any way Steve you would trade either one of these any circumstances where you trade either one of these goalies from the NHL roster uh, right now no you you never say never but it it depends on you know how desperate what whatever team, you know, your, your trading partner is. Um, but they're just far too reliant on their goalie now. I mean, that's that's part of the fool's gold of this 11-1-1 start. They, yeah. they have leaned way too much on their goaltending, more than they, they have. You know, I know we talk about the defense. The defense hasn't been all that great. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're, yep. they're giving up 30 and 40, 35, 40 shots, you know, a little too regularly for, for my liking. Um, so, you know, Swayman is playing like, you know, a number one goalie right now without, without question. He's playing like a Vezina <coughs> candidate right now. Yep. But he, that, that's with him playing every other game. What's he like if he's playing three, three four games in a row? We don't know that. They don't know that. Um, so I'd be very hesitant to move, move uh, Allmark right now. But you do have to think of a couple other guys. There's some guys that, 
you know, who are reaching the end of their, their contracts that you may have to say to yourself, okay, let's just play it out and, and let's let the chips fall where they may in the summertime. Yeah. Tour Grizzly to, to me is in that category because yeah. I'm not sure he's going to fetch you a lot in the return. Jake DeBrus, on the other hand, if you can't sign him, you have to think about what, how can we move him? And, you know, that's, that's going to be a tough one. We knew this, this time was coming since he signed the contract. Um, so that's the one, that's the one to me that, that you have to watch. And I don't see anybody coming up to take Jake DeBrus place. Well, that's the issue I have, right? Is I feel like it's going to end up a Tory Krug situation where it's just going to like, you know, they're going to be in a playoff spot and they're not going to be in a position to trade him because they need him um, to, you know, fulfill whatever potential they're going to have this year. And it's going to turn into a, you know, thank you for your service. Maybe we'll trade you for, you know, your negotiating rights for a nominal draft pick, uh, you know, right before an unrestricted free agency or something like that. But like whatever DeBrusque is going to get on the free agent market, which will be considerable given the numbers he's been able to post uh, in terms of term and in terms of money he's going to be able to make. It's just something the Bruins are not going to be, I think, willing to go there. Similar to why they weren't willing to go there with Tory Krug uh, a few years ago. And, and But the other half of that is, you know, were they ever able to really truly repra- replace Tory Krug and what he gave them on the power play from the point and some of the things that he did after he left and you know maybe they thought Grizzly was going to be able to step up and do some of that maybe they thought uh jack ashan was going to be the next tory krug and it didn't work out that way um it, you know it, it's it's tough because i they don't have a ready-made replacement for jake DeBrusque, and it's hard to find guys that have 30 goal capability in the nhl so it's a the bruins and Donald winnie are in a really tough spot as far as what to do with him and how to handle this whole year and i agree that's the one i think that's a lot more complicated um, than the goaltending situation um, is, is, is Steve, if you were going to trade, let's hypothetically say you were going to trade one of the goalies, would you rather do it for a player that you could bring in? Or would you rather do it for like, get as much as you can for future assets, some of the future assets you've traded away and try to recoup some of those? Like if somebody was desperate enough to give you a first round pick for Linus Allmark, um, you know, would you rather do that than try to, you know, bring in a Nugent Hopkins, uh, let's say? Um I don't know. It, it depends when the trade trade is made. Are they really a legitimate contender? If that's the case, you you have to you know trade them for somebody that can help you right now, and not somebody who's thirty five, not some rental situation. Right. Somebody who who you're you're going to have in your lineup for you know, multiple years to come. Um, you know, it's with so many teams tied up against the cap now, it's just really hard to, to make the, a big deal like that. Um, but I, I just don't I, I, I think you're, you're, you're playing with fire if you mess with the goaltenders right now. I agree. Uh, I, I don't touch them. Uh, I think you're way too reliant on them. And let's face it, like they were a rec- record breaking team last year with the 135 points and the 65 wins. And I think they were awfully reliant on the goaltenders being stellar last year quite a bit too for a team that they did up with that kind of gaudy record. And we saw it in the playoffs, you know, when the goaltending came back to earth and wasn't quite as good as it was during the regular season, they were a much more imminently beatable team and uh, didn't look anything like themselves. So, you know, I think that was partially Florida's pressure. It was partially the way the defenseman played, but certainly it was the performance of the goalies as well in the postseason. That's going to be the big question for both of those again this year and part of the reason i'd like to see swayman get the start right out of the gate in the playoffs instead of olmark who's had that the last couple of years and swayman's been tossed into really difficult situations midstream in those playoff series uh from the last couple of years um i I mean that that's what i'm interested to see is you know extrapolating into the playoffs are are they going to rotate the goalies this year are they going to give that's that's the big question right that's that's the big question, right? I mean, we've seen it in baseball where you know, like Tori Lovulo, you know, he goes by the the book that he has, and it drives people crazy when he pulls out a you know a pitcher after fifty pitches and he hasn't you know given yeah. up a run. But I mean, are you going to be able to do that? Are you going to be able to say, 
Allmark starts game one, he loses. Swayman comes in, wins game game two. Are you going back to Allmark for game three? You know, right. it, it's going to be really hard for them to do that if if that is what they're thinking of doing. Do you think that's possible, Dupes, to just go strict rotation uh, in the playoffs? Answer, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After last year, right? I mean, yeah. And again, we're, we're already projecting 70 games out here. I, yep. any, anything can happen. But if they're going to go this consistently for the full 82, based on what got screwed up last year or however you want to interpret that, I don't think he'd have any choice but to. And I and, and you know what? I'd be fine with it. Doesn't work, it doesn't work. But that was it, that was your formula night after night for right. six months. I, I would say, you know, I, I don't know how you could I, I I don't know how you could criticize. Well, we, that's what we do. We criticize everybody for we'd, everything. We'd find a way. I'm fully confident. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a way. I'm gonna make three quick points here because I want to add them in. Yes. Uh, when we were talking about, you know, give them credit where credit's due on their draft picks, Ryan Lindgren, they had to give Ryan Lindgren away in the, yep. in the Nash deal. And he's turned yep. into a really good player too. Yep. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm only excited about first round picks. You, 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 you put this to the uh, question about Olmark. Yep. If you're, if you're, if you're going to end up with an eight, a, a pick, say number eight to 10. Yes. Then, then I'm intrigued by first round picks. First round picks that are numbers 22 to 30 don't 32 don't excite me that much. Mm -hmm. And and lastly, your framing of the your, your framing of that Jake question really got me thinking. It, it, not not only are they sort of backed into what he can be, what his money is going to be, which if we go by sort of the template here, I guess he's a seven or eight million dollar player now, right? Yeah. The other part of it is. He ain't doing anything right now, right. production-wise. So that's making this discussion even harder for, or their contemplation has to be harder because you take Jake to market right now. I don't know if, the, if there's all that. You know, we like him here. This is the whole risk of don't fall in love with your players. Yeah. Yes, we like him here. We see it. We see his speed. We see all of it. At some point, you got to see goals, assists, and points. I agree. I think he's well. I think he's pretty well regarded in the league. To be honest with you, I, yeah. I, I think people people look at his speed. They look at his length. They look oh, at the fact that he's rounded out his game a little bit. His skill set's he's, outstanding. He's, he's, There's no he, question he about has, that. He, he has to score. No question about it. He has to score. But he's no longer that guy who gives you nothing if he doesn't score. No, yeah. that, that's right. And, and and his attitude is better around that and, and all of it. And I will say in Jake, on Jake's behalf, I think they'd be far better to say, "You're a left winger. That's where we're going to play you." I, I don't. I don't think I know his speed, and it, it all plays to part of it. But I'd leave him on the left side and try to wring out the most points I can out of him. I don't think going back and forth helps him. No, I don't think it does. And I think last year, to your point, Steve, I think it did show a lot about you know him, his game maturing, him being able to play away from the puck, be more of a factor, not as many flybys, you know, was actually physically invested, certainly winning battles around the net. I mean, that, that winter classic alone where he got hurt, uh, scored the two yeah. goals he did in the third period, like showed a ton as far as his growth as a player. Um, so, you know, I, I think there, there's that part of it is definitely there. I also just wonder, you know, if he's the kind of player that, you know, it does feel the pressure of a contract year and it does weigh on him a little bit. And it's something he thinks about because I think he's the type of kid that that's affecting him. And I think it, it definitely is a factor, uh, him thinking about all these things and probably thinking about, you know, maybe not playing in Boston anymore. I think, you know, I remember Tory Krug being in the same situation. He kind of compartmentalized it a lot better and sort of knew what was coming, knew what the writing on the wall was and kind of pushed it off to the side. I just wonder if DeBrusque is the kind of guy that can do that uh, quite as well, if that's how it seems like it, it's coming down for him. Um, one Twitter question before we go here, uh, David Place, Place B Place. Uh, Bruins seem to be doing the little things well, credit Monty, Monty, et cetera, and players for buying in and executing. Still feel like we need another pure score on this team before I completely buy in. Steve, uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, 
a 40 goal scorer. It, it could be another guy who could give you 20 to 25 or average out to that. But yeah, I, they, uh, bingo. Maybe it, maybe it's Fabian Lysel. He's actually played pretty well the last last you know three or four games. He finally got the memo that there's an NHL call up in him for him if he starts putting his, yeah. uh, his together down in Providence. Uh, do, dupes, do you think this team needs another scorer before you completely buy in? And I know this is the classic Kevin Paul Dupont Sunday notes column in the Boston Globe about them needing another scorer. Yeah. Well, my my initial reaction was maybe it's Jake, right? <laughs> Step up, the job's all yours, big boy. That's right. So no, this this question actually going back to those notes, Joe. It, this this question made me think of what I heard for years. Harry, we need a sniper. Get us a sniper, Harry. Of course, it that's never right. happened, and that's the issue. They they just keep you know. Uh, I forget I forget where he was going from. I think he was going from Atlanta back to St. Louis or wherever Kachuk was going when he was at the trade deadline, and it it you know it didn't work out. So. I, again, the the players you're talking about, it's it's a great idea, but typically the players you're talking about, those are the players who are available July one as free agents. Uh, they made a big stab for it here. What year? Spring of eighteen when they went out and got Rick Nash. Rick Nash yep. is the type of player you're talking about, and unfortunately, right trade went upside down. Uh, there two, there were true right trades they made over the over the over the long time that I've covered uh, one for Iafredi, one for Nash, both great trades go upside down because of health. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, and to your point that you made before the line, the Ryan Lindgren trading him was, was damaging to the Bruins. Yes. Like, he turned out to be a defenseman. They really could have used, he was a Bruins type of player is, is a Bruins type of player. Like they could use kind of a nasty guy, uh, that's effective in in a top four role like first uh, pairing, second pairing, right. no no question. Um, so and they've missed that uh, since they traded him away. Uh, thank you very much, Stephen Dupes. Let's thank our sponsors real quick. FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets in any any with any winning five dollar money line bet. Uh, you can bet on spreads, player props, over under, so much more. $150 bucks if your team wins. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston and get right into the mix with uh, the NHL right now in midstream. Let's also thank Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Delicious meals ready in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. Dupes, I know you're going to wait until this podcast is over to run out there and get your Factor Meals. Uh, thank you very much, boys, uh, for coming on. I'm running. I'm running out to get Patrick Kane as the sniper. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, what could, let's let's load up. Let's do what the Rangers did last year. It worked out so well for them. Let's get Tarasenko. Let's get uh, Kane. Let's get all the snipers on the market. Let's do it. Uh, Steve Conroy, Boston Herald. Thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate it. Dupes, take care. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at the ring.